0: The first thing that I learned from studying the way of craftsmanship in all of its flavors and variations from the Supreme Court justice down to the maker of bricks was to commit to the idea that you are going to become a craftsperson in that knowledge area. That you're going to achieve a certain level of capability or skill in that area. It doesn't mean you have to be a master in that area.
1: You're listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat, where we explore uplifting, inspiring, and unique stories from around the planet. Things we're doing as human beings that you'll want to talk about, that make us better people. A little dose of positivity in your day, coming right up. And now for your host, AJ Mises. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of Share, Inspire, Repeat. My name's AJ Mises, and I am so excited to have you back for another great episode with another great guest, someone that I know that we're going to learn a lot from. But before I bring him on stage, just want to remind everybody that it is so important that we get those likes and subscribes and all of those great reviews that you're leaving for us on your favorite podcast app. So please make sure that you have done that already. You can actually exit out of the app. I promise the podcast will keep playing and you can write us a review of what you think of the show because that is how we continue to spread good around the world and continue to boost the podcast and all those famous algorithms that we are always hear about. So thank you so much for doing your part. And speaking of doing your part, this guy has done his part. And I, I'm really excited about introducing you to him. So our guest today is Charles Collins. And Charles is a best-selling author of the Lifecraft book series. He's a producer of the Companion, Making a Masterpiece of Your Life audio collection and a publisher of the Life Masterpiece Journal. And Charles's research talks about how anybody can learn to practice life as a craft, to achieve extraordinary results. And it's a big picture framework for managing life topics similar to the way that we manage our occupations and professions versus the hit or miss results of living by trial and error. So I am so excited to introduce you to Charles. Charles, welcome to the show.
0: Oh, I'm really happy to be here, AJ. I've been looking forward to this.
1: Awesome. Great. Well, you know, I kind of want to kick it off with the how question, which is how did you get into this work? What was the ethos or the genesis behind it?
0: Well, like most things that happen in life, when a door opens, you're kind of surprised as to what opened that door. And in my particular case, it was one afternoon in the kitchen. My little girl was six years old, and I don't know where she got it, but she came in and said, hey, dad, what's the purpose of my life? And I said, little child, (laughs) you've just thrown me for a loop because I don't know if I really know how to answer that. I mean, you answer it quickly. Things do come to your mind. It's about being a good person. It's about being a good mom and a dad, or it's God's plan or whatever might come to mind. But it kind of started being a little itch. And I started thinking, you know, what do I really tell? Or how do we as people answer that question to our children? And what I realized is that, there wasn't, uh, depending upon where you come from, a really structured answer. And I started coming to the realization that if I would like to answer that well for her, I think the idea would be life is about mastering certain skills and being able to be good at those things because they will not only build your strength, but at the end of the day, it started to occur to me, it will help you make a masterpiece of your life. And that's what started the whole journey.
1: Mm -hmm. What a profound question for a child to have. Everybody says that, you know, and it's
0: it's funny, but, you know, more kids ask that question, I think, than you'd be surprised at how many kids just, it could be a favorite TV show. I look at some of the things my granddaughter is watching now, and I'm amazed at how many of these little phrases and ideas are in the characters of what they're seeing on television. So I started to realize, wow, it's all around them.
1: Yeah, it, it really is. And media is so different in our day and age well, in their in their generation than it was in mine. And possibly exactly. Possibly we were watching
0: too. Howdy Doody or whatever. And now these kids yeah. are, you know, yeah. they're actually we like hearing. <laughs> yeah. And these kids are hearing different things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So that was kind of like the genesis, it sounds like, for you to kind of pursue this work or this research. What were you doing before that?
0: Well, I was continuing to live life as most of us do you get trained in a career and occupation we try to pursue that and get better at it and improve and become masters in our trade i was being a husband a family man i was trying to be uh humble and balanced which you don't always do <laughs> and i think probably just most of the normal things that any of us do just going through life and trying to figure it out And I realized that that wasn't quite what I was looking for. I was looking for something else. I was looking for something a little bit more structured, you know, and that's what started it.
1: That's amazing. And were you working in a like nine to five job before you started this work?
0: Well, not really, because my job was really nine in the morning until midnight because I was traveling all over the world (laughs) for my business. So I was up in airplanes and I was going to meetings in Saudi Arabia or Jakarta, Indonesia. I was literally all over the world, so I didn't have a nice, easy schedule. But one thing that that experience Uh did, which was good, is it allowed me to explore this idea that I started getting deeper into when I started thinking about this curriculum for my daughter's life, was how do we do things well? And why is it that we're so amazed all over the world when we see people who do things well that we talk to one another about it and we seem to be inspired by high quality craftsmanship, no matter what craft that's in. And the good news is, is that everywhere in the world that I went, I found it. And that's what started bringing me to boil this into a way of looking at life.
1: I love it. I love it. So maybe this will kind of be a presented thematic of our conversation. But I'm wondering if you had a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why?
0: Boy, When I heard your other podcast episodes, I really thought about that question because you put it to your guests. And I thought, should it be a statement or should it be a question? So let's start it as a question. If life is a learned craft, comma, and you are the craftsperson of your life, comma, why not make it a masterpiece? Question mark. I love that. I love that. that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that gives me chills thinking about. So what's one common myth then when it comes to people thinking about their life and especially in regards to how you've put together some of this framework around your life as a masterpiece?
0: The common myth, I think, is that life is all about experimentation and trial and error and intuition, like what makes you feel good kind of thing. And they're anecdotal. And that's what was the thing that started to gnaw at me when my daughter's question came up. I realized that everything that I was going to be able to tell her were anecdotes. It wasn't kind of a structure. And I thought, why is that? And what it came to make me realize was that when every one of us gets prepped for going into training in our education to go for a career, a trade, an occupation, whatever it might be, there's quite a structure there there's a whole body of knowledge and there's skills to be learned and there's tools to be learned. And then you eventually get better at it over time and you improve your skills and people start to notice how well you do things. And the better you do things, you get elevated and lifted up. And in some cases we achieve mastery right, in that particular trade or craft. And I thought, gee, isn't that a great framework? The idea that there's a structure and that every trade occupation profession I'll call that craft, has that structure so how come no one has ever said at least i couldn't find it in my life that all of life is the curriculum and that there is a structure to it and if somebody were to give you that framework that simple structure you could now start approaching practicing life as a trade the same way you've learned to practice a trade or an occupation and get better at it and get more skilled at it and incrementally improve and i thought Geez, that feels so much better than the myth of figure it out as you go and hit the wall more Mm -hmm. times than you like. And when you hit the wall too many times, you kind of back away and say, heck, I'm not doing the work. There's just too much pain in it.
1: Yeah, right. It's about thinking about like the A to Z or like thinking about everything that you want to do in your life. And sometimes that can lead to paralysis over how you're approaching your work, your life, your family, et cetera. So I'm curious if that's the framework that you come up with. So what are the basics or what are the nuts and bolts of your system?
0: Well, the framework it came out really, I use the model of trades, occupations, or professions. And the first model is what they do is they take the whole body of knowledge. So think about all the things you do in life and everybody says this is way too big. But it isn't if it breaks down into simple pillars or components that make up what is all the things we do in life. And there's five of them. Pillar number one is is called family and personal heritage where do you come from what are the things and the stories that came down to you that told you who you were and what's the world that you live in today and how is that imprinting you and what are the things that you're doing to leave to the next generation so that's element one family heritage and that really imprints early on who we are and who we see ourselves to be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the second element is we all grow up in a home And homes are like mini workshops in the ancient tradition of craftsmanship. There's a physical infrastructure, how you keep that infrastructure together. Do you live in a dilapidated home or is it nicely managed and well furnished? How about the policies of the house? The rules kind of, you know, is it haphazard? Or are the parents skilled at running that house and having good processes that everybody can sit down and talk together? So that family management is a skill, element too. Then the third element is okay, so if a workshop is our home, how do we keep it running? And we run it through money in and money out. A commercial workshop is an enterprise. So, how do we manage money? And when we learn or don't learn how to manage finances and money, that's a problem. But when two partners come together, husband, wife, partners, whatever they have to agree upon how to do that. And that's probably one of the number one causes of divorce in the world is financial problems. Mm -hmm. The fourth element was, Mm -hmm. well, if this is a craft and if every craft has a material like wood or clay or the law or medicine, what's the craft, the, the material and the craft of life? And I realized, well, it's us, the human being. Our job is going to be to shape our lives into something that is a masterpiece by the time we're finished with our lives 80 years and the final thing that i learned in all the trades and crafts that i studied was they all use tools but the way they teach people to use tools is not haphazardly they actually teach them this is the name of the tool it's how you use it and if you apply it well then you'll get a really nice result at the end otherwise you could be very dissatisfied when that souffle because you didn't do it right squashes in the the oven because you didn't use your tools correctly. So when I looked at those five Uh elements, everything we started talking about fit in one of those five elements. And I realized, you know what? There has been a system here all along. We just never saw it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I love the first couple of subjects or the elements that you mentioned because we have family systems that have shaped who we are and sometimes we don't really take a second to think about what has been ingrained in us because of how we were brought up or the environment that we were in and not that anyone is good or bad it just is at least that's my philosophy and when we can look at each of those elements of how we were brought up and recognize that they all have value. So whether or not you had a terrible, what you may classify as a terrible experience growing up, maybe with a dysfunctional family or what have you, all of those things add value to us as human beings, regardless of the situation. And I think it's about examining what that was like, which I think is really cool about your work so that you have the awareness to decide if you want to continue that or if you want to make a
0: change. That's really a great point, because at the end of the day, what this concept allows people to look at is the idea that, well, all these things that I'm doing every single day are not random. Mm -hmm. They actually are part of something that was created thousands of years ago called the way of craftsmanship, and that all the schools and institutions got really good at teaching this rather large body of knowledge in a very systematic, comfortable way. So then now this allows a parent or an individual to step back and say, well, if I want to be a good parent, there are skills that I could learn to be a good parent. If I want to be a good partner, there are skills to learn to be a good partner. If I want my finances to run well, there are skills. And the more you look at it this way, the more you realize that any area of my life I don't feel really comfortable about is probably an area that you didn't have any training you didn't have any practice, Mm -hmm. and you didn't get any incremental Mm -hmm. improvement. So now it's really Mm -hmm. easy to say, is there anything on my workbench right now that doesn't feel right that I really don't know anything about and it makes me anxious? And if so, you can now Mm -hmm. say, well, wait a minute, there are mentors out there and they're available, especially Mm -hmm. in the day of the internet. That I can seek out and then begin the learning to improve my practice. And the more you do that throughout your life, the result at the end of your life is you've made a masterpiece of your life. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, I love that. I love that so much. So, what's the number one thing then as people are starting to like examine this or maybe researching or looking into how they're living their life? What's the number one thing that people need to know about setting themselves up for success in this pursuit?
0: The first thing that I learned from studying the way of craftsmanship and all of its flavors and variations from the Supreme Court justice down to the maker of bricks was that the first step was to commit to the idea that you are going to become a craftsperson in that knowledge area, that you're going to achieve a certain level of capability or skill in that area. It doesn't mean you have to be a master in that area because it takes a long time to master something but you can be proficient with skills in that area. You have to embed that in your mind, first and foremost, that I want to approach this in a craftsman-like, workman-like manner to acquire those skills, just like you did that other thing in your life that you're really good at. Look at how long it took you to be good at it. Look at how long you've done things in your career and the thousands of hours you've put in to get where you are. All right. Well, why not do that with other things? But In order to do it, you have to commit to want to be better at it. And commitment is the first thing.
1: Mm -hmm. So how does one commit?
0: So I think it requires the individual to give it importance. If you are a parent and you're having a really difficult time managing your feelings about raising the child and you say to yourself, this is important to me, the level of importance that it has in your life will give you the push that you need to say, then there's no reason that I shouldn't try to be good at that and learn the skills. Now, I don't have to master everything, but if I become more proficient to a level necessary, then all of a sudden I've now brought that into alignment. Now I can work on any other area of my life that I feel needs to be brought into alignment. So you start leaving the place of fear, And you start leaving the place of the unknown to say, I'm going to adopt the most ancient human process that's ever been created on the planet, which is to learn to be a craftsperson in a particular area and excel at it, right? And improve my skills. And the good news is there are teachers out there for anything that you want to do.
1: True that. Teachers and coaches. (laughs) Teachers and coaches. Um, That's why they're there. Yeah. (laughs) So in your life, What's been a really good resource beyond obviously your life's work, which are these different journals and books and things? But what's been one of the best resources that's helped you along the way?
0: The best resource, I think, was having learned that this way of craftsmanship is universal to everything that human beings do, and that it is a simple, repetitive process of observing, then practicing then incrementally improving and then using the tools associated with that endeavor with skill. And so once I understood that principle, I was then able to start looking at all these trades and occupations and everything we do and see that same thing happening over and over and over again, even though it was movie making or creating a law. So then I realized the best place for me to look, to find a mentor or a teacher or a body of knowledge to help me learn something that I wanna get better at was works, the works themselves that have been put out into the world by others that are of high quality. So this is the first principle in this way of craftsmanship. Craftsmanship is all about producing works of high quality and delivering them out to the world. So if you now start looking Mm -hmm. around you and saying, where's there a masterpiece? around me that I think is a masterpiece, and you look at it, and then you start asking the question, how did that person behind that, what did they have to do to make that masterpiece? You start to realize that that athlete, that basketball player who's able to hit the basket from down court every single time, my gosh, that took them 10,000 hours of practice to do that, right? So the best resource that I can possibly give to anyone is first look in your own life, and see an area that you have to study and practice and incrementally improve. Second, make the realization you are already a craftsperson. You've learned it, you understand it. And the next realization is now look at the work of others who you are interested to be better in that skill area and find the high quality masterpieces in that area And then look for those teachers, see if you can find them, see Mm -hmm. if they're available to teach you. Mm -hmm. So it's a very simple process of kind of like reverse engineering Mm -hmm. that anybody can do almost intuitively, but we do it because there was something in our life that we learned to do well to begin with. And that becomes your model. I love that.
1: I love that. So I was thinking reverse engineering when you were describing that. So it makes perfect sense.
0: That's the right word. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Charles, we asked this to everybody on the show. As you know, Share Inspired Repeat is all about bringing more good into your life. So how can people continue to bring more good into their lives from your lens?
0: I think the best way is to first realize that you are a craftsperson in something already, that you've achieved excellence. The second thing is is that you can now apply that template to anything else that you do, and it no longer has to be a terror because you now have a method by which to do it. And as you continue to build incremental excellence in each little area of your life, one thing at a time, look into it and get better at it, that goodness that you are creating in yourself starts becoming the goodness that you're sharing outward into the rest of the world through the work that you do and that work is social sharing because that work is going to inspire others to say boy would i like to be as good at that as they are they've inspired me and that's goodness
1: Yeah. It's kind of like that full circle moment once you've done this work and you realize the things that you can offer to people, you then become that mentor, that coach, or that teacher to the things that you may not need to learn anymore because you're a master, but you then become that subject matter expertise for somebody else. So I love that. You are,
0: and you'll start turning away from a lot of would-be teachers when you look at their work and you realize this work is not very deep. This work is really not authentic I don't see the thousands of hours of training and practice and incremental improvement. This is just a facade. It's a veneer. There's nothing really behind it. And that gives you the skill to be more selective in the teachers, the mentors that you will choose to take whatever area you want to the next level. I love that.
1: Thank you, Charles. It's been so much fun having you on the show. I would love for you to share with everybody where people can find out more about you online.
0: Go to Life Masterpiece Journal dot com. And that's where the structure of everything that I just talked about is and writings and audios and things of that nature so that they can practice this way of making a masterpiece of their lives. Yeah,
1: I think that's the best word practice. This life is all about just practicing and getting better. And I love that social sharing. It's a big deal. And I think that, you know, when you can realize that we all exist on this planet, we all are one. And we all thrive in different areas. And if we can share those different things to help get each other better with the framework that you have, I think that just makes life even more beautiful. So thank you for putting this together. Thank you for being on the show. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you, AJ. appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Well, everybody, this has been another episode of Share, Inspire, Repeat. My name's AJ Mises. That was Charles Collins. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat with AJ Mises. Interested in sharing a story or being a guest on the show? Visit ShareInspireRepeat.com to introduce yourself or to submit a story. You can also check out more details from this episode by visiting ShareInspireRepeat.com.